Making stuff is hard, especially in the entertainment world, when there are millions of dollars on the line. We're going to talk about these disastrous, never-ending, and sometimes downright dangerous productions. This is The Shit Show. Hello, friends. That's right, you're all friends now. Uh, my name is Ian, joined as always by Clint Hello. and Ray. Hello. Now, since we are doing something different today by covering a video game for the first time, I thought, why not invite our friend from Cutscenes and Cupcakes, a video game podcast, and our gracious two-time host from Utah Remote Con. Welcome, Steph. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I have a cold, so I sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's my that's excuse? That's all right. It happens. Like, I don't have a cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's just your voice. You're just a troll. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> bring me the bones of your children. <laughs> <laughs> An actual troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going go... back to the roots, I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't go straight to internet troll. Uh, no, I don't even know how to do that. That's too dark for him. That's too dark. That's yeah, too dark. <laughs> eating, eating the bones of children is like that's just that's just even kill for me. But like internet trolling, that's just way too dark. Yeah, I have a little bit of pride. So Steph, tell us about cutscenes and cupcakes. We've been doing cutscenes for about two years now, and we've covered a bunch of different video games from like anything from like Halo to Bioshock. Although I did tell these guys I haven't played a Zelda game yet, so that's like. I'm like, next season, we have to make sure we are doing Zelda. You have to. I know. That's, That's like, I mean, literally, <laughs> Zelda is royalty. I know. There's three of us, and I do think I'm the only one who hasn't played a Zelda game. That's crazy. I know. It's, I shouldn't be allowed to podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Get this out. Is a, yeah, this is well, our no, That's why you're here, because you got laid off of your, your podcast. <laughs> Ironically, though, you have played the Ghostbusters game. I have. <laughs> Which was very surprising because I'd never even heard of this game. So the reason we are doing this is so I'm currently working on a Ghostbusters video chronicling chronicling the uh, decades it took to make a follow-up to Ghostbusters 2 from 89 up to last month's Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm very timely with my videos, obviously. And if you know about the movie in between those two films, <laughs> you know exactly what I mean when I say shit show. Uh, so, but we're not talking about that today in the, but in the process of writing it, I had to take a detour to 2009's Ghostbusters, the video game, because it is important, which we'll get to. Um, but I quickly realized that there was enough of a shit show just for the game. And it was kind of like too much of a detour. And so I was like, let's just make this a podcast, bring Steph, our friend in. Um, so here we are. And Clint, mm -hmm. what do you got that you look very uncomfortable over there? Yeah, I brought my <laughs> Ghostbusters proton pack, and uh, and I'm wearing my <laughs> Ghostbusters shirt. So here we go, ready for this? Catch that ghost! <laughs> and it goes on forever, so. So did we have to does just wait stop? 20 minutes no, for that? We just, just sit here. There we go, I can just turn it off like that. No, but is it just, just, just keep going? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes like a good like 20 seconds so that's what our listeners have to look for oh. okay, that's, that's nice. okay now I'm going to take this off oh you don't want to sit there with that giant thing on your back this, all, thing, all this, podcasts, this, this flat this... uncomfortable plastic yeah. like, protruding into my back yeah no I'm good 
Quinn did it up this time. He's got the proton pack. He's got the Ghostbusters T-shirt. I watched the whole entire game gameplay, like game the playthrough. I watched the the one that links you sent me. So yes, I am prepared. That's how a f- long was that? It's like three and a half hours. It was three Good, and a half hours. Sweet so, baby Jesus. I couldn't watch Blues Brothers, one of my favorite movies, but I watched a video game I've never played before. Watch a video game. Yeah. I have. I guess that's. You're like kids now. It's kids to do on Twitch. <laughs> but I just I can't imagine sitting down and, and watching three hours of. It took me a couple days. Okay. No, I, 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 there wasn't a lot going on at work, so I was yes, like, I figured that <laughs> was a good thing that you yeah. have on the side. I was doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steph, you played it. Mm-hmm. I played it two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. Do you remember anything about it? I re-listened to my episode, and we're funny as fuck. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> people should listen to my podcast. <laughs> Yes, I listen. <laughs> Were you a Ghostbusters fan going into it? Or? No, actually. In fact, I think in my podcast I did say I didn't I don't think I saw any of the movies when we played the game. <laughs> so and that's been I've fixed that since then and now I have watched all of them, including oh. the girl one. I should know the name of it and not just refer to things as the girl thing. Uh, it was just called Ghostbusters at the time, but then right before it came out, it was uh, they changed the title because they realized that their cataloging would suck. And so they changed it to Ghostbusters Answer the Call. I mean, you can't also say the girl one. People know, People what, that know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> the trolls definitely no, know No, the trolls that turned that into a thing where it's like, <laughs> what do we have to call the original, the male one? No, no, just no. Ghostbusters. Maybe we should call it the male one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. The male one. Uh, um, so I did play it um, shortly after it came out. I think I got it like a couple months when it went like kind of went like to a discount or something like that. Um, do you remember me playing it at all? No, I okay. <laughs> was unaware of this game's existence. In fact, when you told me about it, I assumed it was like some shitty like NES game from the like 90s or whatever. <laughs> so when I was talking to Steph about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the old Ghostbusters game from like, the 90s. And she's like, oh, I played the one from 2009. And I went, oh, maybe that's the one we're talking about. <laughs> you have no idea. No. Well, there are, isn't there like an old like NES or Super There NES are game? lots of Ghostbusters video games. Okay. okay. Uh, so I, and we're so only going to be. Kind We're only going to be right. talking about two of them. Um, and so because it's so story heavy, there is uh, someone just took all the cutscenes and most of the gameplay or the, the story related stuff and cut it into a three hour movie that I sent to Clint because he didn't have time to play it. Um, right. <laughs> and I rewatched it, kind of reminded myself of what the what what it was. But because they did the 2000, they, they did the game in 2009, but then they released a remastered one a couple years ago, right? Yes, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you play it in 2009 or did you do the remaster? 2009. I did it back in back in the day. Yeah, I have we bitched no a lot about memory. the graphics. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because do you change graphics in a remaster or are you changing art from the past or are you making it better now that we have better graphics? It really, from what I understand, mm. that the remaster. Did you play the remaster? Mm. Okay, so the remaster, from what I understand, is all they did is just clear, like cleaned up, like so it's not as blurry. <laughs> yeah, and they changed the audio so that you could actually understand what their ghosts are uh, saying and things like that. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, because that like playing, like playing through, watching through, <laughs> uh, like listening to like the ghosts like whisper and shit like that. Like this is it's like, yeah, like get away from here. Can't be here. <laughs> oh my god! And you're cool. like, pardon? What? Yeah, uh-huh. Did you say something? Speak up. My coworker. Speak up. <laughs> I have a right to be here. Clint, you would not be good in a, a horror situation. Where like the Hell ghosts start, no. God, ghosts start whispering to you. And you're like, hey, what did you say? What? Get out of what? Where? <laughs> this is your house. Whose blood are you gonna drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I love horror movies, but I would I would die instantly. <laughs> okay, so I was doing this recording, and I was working on a movie at the same time. So I was going into Manhattan and working on the weekends doing all this recording. I got really back into the Ghostbusters thing, and it was fun being Dr. Peter Venkman. And I was laughing, and I was improvising. It was just like being on the movie. It was like a lot of fun. And I go out on the street, and it's like, it's, you know, Manhattan on a Sunday morning around 9 o'clock, and I start singing the dang Ghostbusters mm -hmm. song. And, and some couples walk on the street, and they look at me like, get over it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to start us off, uh, I want you all to put your minds in the two decades, two decades, 20 years of Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis teasing month after month that they were working on a third Ghostbusters movie and it never coming to reality. And in my video, I will detail all this more explicitly. <laughs> that sounded dirty when I said it. <laughs> very but, explicit. But the Check key... out Ian's OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's very explicit there. Um, but the key things to know is that uh, how much Aykroyd really wanted to make another one, mm -hmm. and Bill Murray really didn't. Uh, long story short, Bill Murray felt he was tricked into doing Ghostbusters 2 and that it wasn't an enjoyable experience, nor a good movie, and to top it off, he had a falling out with his close friend, Harold Ramis. Aww. So. I can't, even, I can't even imagine that. That's the saddest thing I've ever yes. heard. Yes. So that's why it never really came to pass that there was a Ghostbusters in that time. So out of nowhere, an unlikely solution arose in the form of video game developer Terminal Reality. Um, no, it's a badass name. <laughs> <laughs> but they're mostly known for their sexy vampire series, Blood Rain. Oh, okay. Mm, I heard know. about them. Yeah. So that's. I mean, I've never the, played them, but I've They've heard got an OnlyFans, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sexy vampires are hot right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, people love a sexy vampire. Rain, the character in those, was the first video game character in Playboy. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's like a great credit. <laughs> right? What what great representation you know, <laughs> yes, for yeah. video game characters everywhere? Who, who gets that job? Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Jeff, you get a you get to design the the nude art for Playboy. Can I take this project home? <laughs> I'm gonna need to be work. I need gonna need to work from home for the next three months. Okay, thanks. Three months. It, it takes him three months. <laughs> I don't know. I know how long it takes to make that shit. <laughs> he stretched it out, okay? He stretched it out. Yeah, it's called tantric. Um, <laughs> okay. Anytime you say a joke that I love, I'm just going to start up my proton pack. <laughs> Shoot it down. Yeah, that's, the, that's the new rim shot. Um, okay, right off the bat, we're doing a side shit show. Um, Spy Hunter. Anybody heard oh, of this game? Spy yeah. Arcade Hunter. game mm -hmm. from 1983. Uh, you control a car that has machine guns in the front, an oil slick in the back, and can turn into a boat. What kind of car does that sound like? It sounds like Knight Rider. Wait, Kinda. it has a machine gun in the front, an oil slick in the back, and it can turn into a boat? Oh, it sounds like an Aston Martin. Like a, a, a Bond. Like a Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Pussy oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going with Pussy Galore, but no. Yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going for. This was meant to be a James Bond game, but they couldn't get the license. Oh. So, so instead, the, they called it Spy Hunter, and the game just uses the Peter Gunn theme throughout. 
just like weird. Isn't that what it is? I like that they kind of like shot their shot. They're like, hey, we're going to aim for Bond. Yeah. And then we just didn't. And we'll pull it back. They're like, it's called Jim Bronze Spy Hunter. 004. James Carr. 700. Okay, so that was a big game in the 80s. And then when the turn of century, when they all decided that, hey, we should make movies out of video games. Uh, in 2003, Universal buys the rights to the game and gets upcoming action star The Rock to star in it. Uh, then they hire Terminal Reality, bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hire Terminal Reality to make a tie-in video game for the movie, which are don't really happen anymore, but uh, this was a big thing. Back in the has day, anyone, that was cool. Has anyone seen this movie? No, I didn't even know uh, it was a thing. Spy Hunter... Of course not, because the movie was never made. Oh, uh, <laughs> twist! Clint's so like on IMDb, like Spider-Man. they had the rock. the The directors that went through it were John Woo from like Face Off, and yeah. uh, who also was at one point to do a Metroid movie. Paul W. S. Anderson, not the cool Paul Anderson, the PT one that Anderson. did the, the Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yes, it all goes back to me. <laughs> And all the shitty Resident Evil movies yeah. and the most recent shitty Monster Hunter movie. <laughs> um, and then Ruben uh, Fleischer, who did Zombieland and Venom, all at one point were to make this movie. And so many different writers. And the last news <laughs> was in 2016. So this has just been going on forever. But in the middle of that, Spy Hunter, Nowhere to Run, starring The Rock, the movie tie-in video game, released in 2005, <laughs> to a movie that never that was never made. never happened. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. They just, I think they just call that a video game at that point. <laughs> it's, not, it's no longer a movie tie-in video game. It's just a video game. Anyway, that's Terminal Reality. Um, they sound real so, cool. Okay, so so just to keep, keep score here, mm. their current credit list includes... <laughs> A shitty James Bond knockoff spy game that wasn't a movie. And that's like where that's their starting point for then being hired to make the Ghostbusters yes. game. Yes. Um, so. All right. Well. So they're, they don't have the greatest of track records. Um, so in 2005, Terminal Reality. Uh, so they're in they're based in Texas. Um, they were working on this like demo. They're kind of messing with some stuff. And then they're like, oh, this kind of sounds like a cool version of a game. And then someone like was in the meeting going, this looks like Ghostbusters. Like, this could be Ghostbusters. And they were like, what? <laughs> and so, um, so secretly. So, like, um, whatever prototype they were making was, like, four guys with, like, a pack that catches ghosts and put them in a trap. Like, yeah. they were just making Ghostbusters. No, I, was, I would assume it was probably something with, the, like, a laser that, like, attaches to things. Well, that mm. kind of seems like their thing. Like, we're kind of making a general idea, but, like, there's a really big movie that's very similar to it. Right. Let's see if we pivot. can make it become one. Pivot. <laughs> um, so, executive producer John Melchior, uh, he first meets with Mark Kaplan of Sony. And uh, Mark Kaplan handles, like, brand licensing. And he is given the go-ahead to make a prototype, a demo. Um, in the video game world, you have to make a prototype to prove to investors that this is something worth making. It's uh, it's kind of a weird way. It's kind of like, it's not like a script. It's kind of like making one portion of that movie and going, mm-hmm. can we make the rest of the movie? Um, it's a sizzle reel. Yeah, it's like making a sizzle reel kind or like of, a, a well, scene or a slice, something. A, sl- a vertical slice. You just go, yeah. this is what this one sequence would be like. Of the game. Yeah. Right. Um, sizzle game. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's mm-hmm. catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So after they get nailed this down, 
uh, Melchior demos their prototype to Dan Aykroyd um, at, at one of his House of Blues uh, clubs, actually, <laughs> and discusses Terminal Reality's intentions for a full game. And Aykroyd instantly gives his blessing to of this. Of course. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, Steph, you are our hero of the story, John Melchior. Oh, yeah. And this is what he said about when he <laughs> met uh, Dan Aykroyd. I think he felt this wasn't a license slap or an opportunity play. We were fans that wanted to explore this universe and do it in a way that was respectful to canon and in the tone, style, and look as the film. This was also something that Kaplan wanted to ensure was happening. Dan loved the work and was and felt like it was in the right hands, ones that will pay attention and make decisions that were in the best interest of the IP. So he felt like he kind of kept walked out of there going, yeah, like... These guys will get it. But as you said, Dan Aykroyd will say yes to anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he just he just loves anyone like he's is he like the Netflix of, of humans? He's yeah, like, no, greenlight. Yeah. You're greenlight. Go I mean, do it. He kept trying to greenlight Ghostbusters and never happened. <laughs> um, OK, so licensed games usually suck. Uh, by and large, nine times out of ten, they've all been terrible. And most of that is because video games take longer to make than the uh, movies do. And so they're kind of rushed products. And only till recently, stuff like Batman Arkham Asylum, which was one like the greatest licensed games, was kind of turning that. And since then, there have been a lot of really great uh, licensed games. But before that, it was like terrible, especially during the old uh, 8-bit and 16-bit years. So, Ghostbusters in 1984 for the Commodore 64. It was made in guesses how much time? Three months, just like that Blood Rain Playboy spread. I'm going to say eight months. Eight months. I'm going to split the difference and say five and a half. Five and a half months? Is that the difference? I don't know. Yes, five and a half months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Six weeks. Oh, my God. That is no time. Um, that is no time. That's so, like an update to the game. Yeah, yeah. Amount of time. Comparatively, E.T., the, the very famous, terrible E.T. game, um, that was made in five weeks. Um, Jesus. So this was designed by David Crane, who did uh, Pitfall, mm. which was a very famous, another famous one. Um, and he hadn't seen the movie yet. Um, because it was still being made. <laughs> Definitely a good choice. Yeah. Did they um, at least like explain to him like here's what here's yeah, what Yeah, I think happens. they handed him the script. Yeah. Um, they wear back. But, they wear like electricity backpacks that throw lasers. Yeah. But like the, he said that they gave him the script, but knowing that movie, it was like improvised to hell. Yeah. So it's like, mm. what did he read? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Now it's mostly known as being ported over to the NES. Um, by a Japanese developer, making it unbearably hard uh, because this was most people bought it. This is um, the people who experienced it were like, this game is fucking difficult. So, but uh, very famously, this game ends with this screen. Jenny Ray, you're going to be our video game person. So will you oh. read what this is, how this, the game ends? Okay. The game says, congratulations. Is it say literally congratulation? Yes. Okay. This is poorly. Okay. This is a Japanese developer who poorly translated I see. this. I see. So no one localized this correctly. Um, congratulation. You have completed a great game and proved the justice of our culture. Now go and rest our heroes. I love it. No notes. <laughs> Print. I'm going to get that tattooed on my back. <laughs> yeah. The Nintendo. Uh, 
seal of uh, quality. Yeah. <laughs> I love congratulation. 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 We need to bring that back. <laughs> so that's that's the uh, that was the original game that everybody hates. And since then, there have been a bunch of others. Um, one of them was based off of Extreme Ghostbusters, which was a cartoon I never watched. But mm-hmm. apparently, they took. Uh, uh, the Game Boy version of it was like Garfield's Labyrinth, and they just reskinned it with Ghostbuster characters. That's funny <laughs> because I, those go hand in hand, Garfield and Ghostbusters. Apparently, there was a checks uh, checks uh, serial video game that was just just <laughs> Doom. Like, <laughs> yeah, like if you, if you see, yeah. checks Doom is and like the 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 cover art for it was like you were like this checks you know, square with a head with a gun and you had to like fight <laughs> osteoporosis. I guess, but like the video game it was just Doom. Oh my god. Like, killing just aliens. Reskinned. Just yeah, like very minimal reskinning. Oh my god. I want yeah. They they sold like three some like like some crazy outrageous like six million copies <laughs> just from because they kept they put it in your cereal box like that's that's the oh, that's the price it was, like a, a, it was a disc. disc. Yeah. A, a whole ass disc in a cereal box. Mm. Or Those were the days, you guys. AOL Why online. Why go spend like thirty bucks on Doom when you could just go get that <laughs> in a cereal box? Yeah. And have then you, you also you have delicious well, I've cereal. I played the Chex game. <laughs> the Chex version. I played yeah. Chex of Doom. Does that count? <laughs> that has to be worth like a shit ton of money now. Yeah, right? probably. Okay, so going back to the main story. Here we go. Uh, Melchior uh, then saw Harold Ramis, who really stressed making sure that the humor works in it, and also gave his blessing. After that, uh, pre-production was on, so they basically can have to come up with all their um, stuff for the game. Um, the story and dialogue were written by John Zur Platten, Flint Dilly, and Patrick Haggerty. Those all sound made up. I was just going to say that. Like, <laughs> are those actual people, or was it just yeah. like the one guy was like, I'll pretend three people wrote yeah. this? Uh, along with some help from Melchior. Um, they would write concepts and ideas down and ask Aykroyd and Ramis for feedback. Uh, again, this is a video game, so they don't have permission nor funding to make the game start to finish yet. So, seven months in, beginning of 2007, game is completely in secret. Nobody knows that they're making this. Uh, mm. They're ready to pitch to pitch their 20-minute demo for Sony and Vivendi Games, so they need them to get the final go-ahead. When a completely unrelated tech demo from Slovenian developer Zootfly posted some videos on YouTube that looks suspiciously a lot like a Ghostbusters game. Oh, my God. So everyone at Terminal Terminal Reality freaks out because the videos that they start posting look further along than they were. Yeah, I was going to say, the graphics look way cool. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, it's pretty shitty grainy footage, but that's all that's left, right? Right, right. Um, My thing about that is that, like, the the proton pack stick looked like a giant Gatling gun. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you think technology would have gotten so far as that it would just be smaller. Like, (laughs) but it was bigger than what the Ghostbusters actually had. Well, whatever they're doing, right? (laughs) So... So everybody at Terminal Reality is like, are they dead in the water? Like, what the fuck is going on? Did Sony not tell us about this? Yeah. Right? Turns out Zootfly had been working on that game for over a year without ever contacting Sony. Uh, <laughs> they just I kind started... of felt bad for Zootfly now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what, I mean, what was their... News you their... lose, Zootfly. <laughs> but, like, what was their plan there? Were they just think... like, oh, we just want to make a fun demo, and, like, we all like Ghostbusters, so we'll just, we'll just kind of... 
like co-op that. I think it was their pitching. They they literally were pitching to Sony. Like they put it all up on the web on the internet to be like, hey, let us make this game. And the I mean, fans' reactions to it with the concept was like overwhelmingly positive. People were like, Gears of War meets Ghostbusters. Like hell yeah, count me in. And Mm. I'm sure that that was just them going. Hey, we if we do this, Sony will be like, sweet. Let's let's deal. Let's work with them. They're already halfway there, but they probably had no idea that Terminal Reality was already had the had the permission. talks for it. That's, yeah. that is such a huge risk for a small developer to take right? because you betting that like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna like rip off your IP and make a game demo so that you'll notice me and let us make this game. Honestly, probably 99% of the time, you're just going to get an angry cease and desist letter. Yeah, it's exactly. like, fuck you, stop making this. Yeah. Like, they're not going to suddenly go, oh, yeah, tiny Slovenian indie developer. Like, we'd love you to make <laughs> yeah. our ghost. Yeah. Never, ever. Especially in Sony. Your life. Zoofly's just eternal op- optimist. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> yeah. going to work. I know it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I admire their. We're putting it out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like the secret. Our dream board. We're, we're, we're manifesting. Our dream board is YouTube. <laughs> right? All it is is on their have just this, just the Ghostbusters symbol. That's all they have on their dream board. Like, yes. We'll get there. Ghostbusters, one day. We haven't call. been making Who'd any other games. Yeah. Yeah. Now put... Zootfly is in distress. They're not even a thing anymore because they didn't get the Ghostbusters game. Well, so exactly what happened. Yeah. Sony did. Oh, no. Lawyers descended upon them. Uh, pulled all the footage. So all that's left is that one video that someone else re-uploaded a couple years ago. Um, Zootfly is forced to abandon their game. Um, and so they pivot to something called Time O or Time Zero. Uh, which has never been released. So I don't know what ever happened to Zootfly. Sad. Sorry. Poor Zooty. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Probably shuttered at this point. Closed um, down. But again, people were like, hey, that's really cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, um, pretty much all they did was was give the real game like sort of free hype and publicity. Yeah. So, uh, and this, was, this is the beginning of um, the Xbox 360 era and PlayStation 3. So HD gaming was here. So it was kind of finally like they could pull off this kind of stuff. Um, this all happens. Then Melchior goes into his pitch meeting. Melchior um, just sounds like a Gozerian god. <laughs> yeah. Maybe or it was like, perfect. Yeah. Or like Excelsior. Yeah. Like, Guys, the twist at the end of this is he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. <laughs> 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 made him up. Um, the demo uh, had stand-in voices, but they made very like inside jokes about the companies uh, calling out certain people in the room that would have been in there to be kind of like, hey, you know, like, hey, John from Finance, I don't know, <laughs> like, yeah. to, to like help soften them up. Yeah. Um, Jenny Ray, since you're going to be our video game person, oh. this is Mark Randall, co-founder of Terminal Reality, talking about after that pitch. So Mark says. What Zootfly did for us, inadvertently, is help sell the concept. When their footage came out, we were close to our green light meeting. And when the executives saw the reaction from the fans, they immediately knew, hey, Ghostbusters is going to be a big hit. We need to put this game into production. And they were greenlit. <laughs> so, like, they didn't even do the, like, heavy lifting of, like, greenlighting their own game. I just, you know, I feel like Zootfly should at least get, like, some money for that. Right. Like, maybe, maybe, like, hire some of them? Some like, igno- yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hey, you guys really love Ghostbusters. Come work for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something. Uh, Melchior then gets Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, uh, William Atherton, who played Walter Peck, 
the uh, mm -hmm. environmentalist guy in the first movie. Uh, and then Max von Sydow, who did the voice of Vigo. <laughs> um, and then Brian Doyle Murray, who uh, he was the psych ward doctor in Ghostbusters 2, but he was like a really small part. But in the game, he plays the mayor. Uh, he's also Bill Murray's older brother. And he is a very recognizable actor. If you saw him, you would know, you would instantly recognize his voice. Uh, mm -hmm. He plays the the mayor in Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. um, what I remember most is Wayne's World. Asphinkter says what? What? <laughs> yeah, he's got a very gravelly voice. Yes, exactly. Like... Unsure if they ever reached out to Sigourney Weaver or Rick Moranis, but um, maybe their story just didn't go there. Now they just need who? Bill. Bill Murray. What about, what about Bill? Okay, so this is what Melchior said about getting Bill Murray. Everyone told us, I mean, everyone said, you are not getting Murray. No way, no how. In our initial meetings with Harold and Dan, they even cautioned us about getting in touch with him and having him do lines was going to be a task. We had an executive at Vivendi tell a room full of people that he would dig up his dead grandmother and fuck her if we got Bill Murray. <laughs> like, wow. a, like as a threat or as like... <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. as likely as me digging up my dead grandmother <laughs> yeah, and fucking her. her. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I want to uh, know if he did it now. Yeah, well... <laughs> We're um, about to so, find out. <laughs> so what's funny about that is, like, do you just have that in the back of your mind as, like, a just-in-case? Like, That's my thread all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I mean, what a place to work where you could just throw out those scenarios. Like, I would, if I were in my job and I had, like, a meeting and they're like, hey, Clint, can you do this? Like, That's as likely as me digging up my dead grandmother and fucking her. Like, my boss would be like, what? What? <laughs> You'd get a call from HR in like five minutes later. Yeah, I'd be gone. As you know, as a person who worked in entertainment, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, you don't get that kind of there's talking no, higher ed. There's, <laughs> no, there's no HR. You can you drop f bombs all day long. No one really cares. Well, remember grandpa or grandma fucker because he'll come back. <laughs> all right. Um, so that was that was an executive at Vivendi or the yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So right off the bat, he calls Bill Murray's infamous one eight hundred line, which is what he uses for any business, and he only checks it a few times a year. So people who reach out to want to be in his movie, he only will listen to it months from then, and then even if he cares. Um, and the only person he's ever said that he's like, gets an automatic yes is uh, Wes Anderson. So oh. everybody else <laughs> is just kind of like, you're just hoping that when you ask him to do something, he's going to be one of those days where he's close to checking his He'll messages. Check his, his, and his, if it his interests him, that's yeah. on tape, it's still is on that that still tape. a thing for him? Absolutely. Wow. Yep. It's wild times. Um, do we know that 1 800 number? I think it's 1 800 like, Bill Murr. <laughs> that makes sense. You had to sit there and go through the numbers. Three and then four, that's seven. Okay, yep. Um, no, that's it, still very much a thing, but I thought about that. It's like, what if you just said, hey, you want to be on a podcast about blank? And you'd just be like, sure, I've got nothing going on around that time. Like, yeah. well, I feel like he's the type of person who would totally do that. He yeah, does, I mean, he's he the kind of guy that... He himself into so many random fan situations yeah, and just, like, like photobombs people's pictures. Like, yeah, exactly. He's a wild card. Yes, he is. So, months go by, he doesn't call back. He calls again, nothing. Meanwhile, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd help fine-tune the gen around thousand-page script 
um, which is not crazy for a video game when it's all narrative focused. Mm -hmm. So narrative focused games just like, I mean, Mass Effect ones are probably like 10,000 pages. Well, and Dan Aykroyd has experience in really long scripts. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. His original Ghostbusters script was like 300, 400 pages. So the game's writers would come up with the ideas and then Ramis would focus it for narrative and humor. And Aykroyd would do, do that too, but then he would replace all the lines with psycho ghost babble nonsense yeah it's a class four full floating vapor yeah Yeah. exactly all that kind of jack um so clint you're gonna be our Aykroyd. oh yes as we've established clint is the dan Aykroyd of this podcast (laughs) that's true that's amazing thank you so much i love that guy they gave me the script. I took it. I rewrote it, doing a little tiny structural things, mostly bringing back the tone of the original dialogue and the vernacular, the terms, the idiom, but they really had it. Two-thirds of it was there. Then they gave it to Harold. He did the same thing. He's like, he's like the vernacular. Oh, clearly, that's not what that would be called. Right. Like, <laughs> class four? <laughs> class, class seven. seven. Come on now. These you idiots know, don't know if they're ass from their elbow when it comes to ghosts. <laughs> you know, it's really, it was really kind of interesting watching the game and listening to the dialogue because the characters felt like the characters, yes. but the dialogue felt really scripted like oh yeah like almost painfully scripted because like it's it's a and maybe this also has to do with the fact that if they're reading from a script and that's something that they're not used to doing especially with ghostbusters Mm -hmm. like getting bill murray to read a peter vankman line that he didn't improvise sounded weird yeah like there's definitely moments in the in the game where you realize that like some of them are just like okay i'll just get through this line yeah (laughs) and and they're all recording separately they're yeah. not all in the same room. So how do you, when someone improvs something, you can't you can't bounce that off, well, and and you can't match that um, that energy, right? Like there's moments in that yeah, rewatching that thing, it was like there's moments in the their conversations where you go, like someone will say a joke, or someone will be like really high end, and then the next person will follow up and be kind of very low key because. Yeah. They're all recording separately, so it just doesn't. Right. When you edit together, you're like, oh, this is the mess we got. Interestingly well, and video enough, game lines are so isolated too, right? Like you're just, it's just random lines because they they're triggered by like stuff that happens yeah. in the video game, so their that flow isn't there. And you probably can't improvise that many lines because it's like, look, we can't just have you like dicking around, <laughs> yeah. talking yeah. for five minutes. We just need this like one two second line. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would not want to be that original writer. Like, I have to write lines <laughs> for these amazing improvisational <laughs> actors. Like, yeah. I would not want to be that writer. Funnily enough, though, as I was watching it, the one that felt the most natural was Dan Aykroyd. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I, I thought the same thing. Of all of them there, Dan Aykroyd was the best voice actor of mm. all of them. And, and I, when I when I was watching it, I didn't realize, like, when the game was originally made, because, yeah, it's, it's Harold Ramis. But he sounds a lot older than he did, mm-hmm. and so I was, I was like, I wonder who they got to do Ramus's voice. And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, wait, that's actually. Him. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Melchior said that the story drastically changed once um, Harold Ramus and Dan Aykroyd joined. I don't know how that is, but this is what Harold Ramus. January, will you be our Her- oh Harold Ramus? Harold says. They were happy to have our involvement in all. The crassest way I can put it is that they couldn't have paid us enough to give it the time and attention required to make it as funny as a feature film. <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. 
like, you read that interview and you're just like, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, it's, video games, it's fine, guys. Fart sound. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but Listen, he was really part were, of it. You were, yeah, was like, you guys were lucky that we even gave it a minor punch up. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm like a feature film director. I wanted to give it to Zootfly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is funny though. I feel like they're like back, you know, even though it was still like the early 2000s, like prestige gaming wasn't really a thing. And so people have this view of video games that are just like, Meh. you know, they're, yeah, yeah. they're they're nothing. They're not that important. They're not, you know, that interesting or like, but now you have these games that have these amazing art styles and characters and voice acting and the writing is like, I mean, The Last of Us, they literally took that video game and they're making it into a TV show yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Okay, so for the game, the story is set in 1991 and is about, mild spoilers, Evo Shandor um, trying to make himself a god replacing Gozer. And Evo Shandor was that he built the original um, building that Dana lives in, the first one. Oh, the guy who was in the tomb in Afterlife in like the pit. Yes. Sorry, also slightly, spoilers. Slightly spoilers. <laughs> Evo Shandor does show up in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, you guys, look, will... if you haven't seen the movie, that's your problem, okay? <laughs> um, it, it's not a big spoiler, but he, he is there. He, his body is in it. Um, but we, uh, we will actually go back to that. Um, and the game kind of ties up loose ends from the films. Like, it has more information about the cult of Gozer, like how it works. And then it even explains how the slime from Ghostbusters 2 was pumped into the sewers of New York. Um, oh, okay. So they were just kind of, like, able to grab, like, all these random things. And then, uh, weirdly enough, speaking of Evo Shandor, he has a very similar design to what he is in the m- movie. And I don't know if that's a reference to the game. Like he has the same look. Oh, like, like he the kind of like mustache. He, he and had like a mustache the... and a long beard, mm-hmm. and like just the side, like balding head with the like long hair, uh, white. And mm-hmm. it, that's what he looked like in the video game, and that's what he looks like in Afterlife. And I don't know if that was a reference to that, but I don't think Afterlife really considers the game canon. Or cares about it, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that was just, maybe like Dan Aykroyd did like a sketch on a napkin of like, this is what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that became yeah. the uh, official version. He looks like my dad. <laughs> looks, you know, kind of like a Civil War general, but like yeah, also from the, you know, with like a pointy beard and mustache. That, that's, a, that's a great way of pointing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and mostly just rehashes characters and locations and ghosts because why not? I mean, if you're going to play a Ghostbusters game, you want to fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, you want to see Slimer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you go back to the hotel and capture Slimer mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you play a new non-speaking cadet who they uh, test all the new equipment on, uh, which is kind of like a running joke that if it kills him, at least it kill him. Um, <laughs> they deliberately wanted the player to be silent as not to ruin the comedic timing of the dialogue between the main four. Mm. Um, so how does one become the fifth Ghostbusters, which is kind of like a really cool honor. Like there's only two of those movies. They're really well-loved franchise. They haven't made one in 20 years. Like, how do you become the new one, right? Uh, The face used for the new cadet was associate producer Ryan French. And Clint, I think this pretty much describes you. So uh, you get to read read this one. (laughs) Okay. Terminal Reality knew they wanted an average Joe to play the rookie character. When I heard this while visiting them for a milestone review, I enthusiastically volunteered. As a pretty average-looking Midwestern dude, I felt... uh, (laughs) 
I felt I fit the bill well enough for it to not seem too crazy a suggestion. The rest is history. Yeah, I am milk toast. Like I am average as fuck, dude. Like you, I could on one hundred percent be that fifth Ghostbuster. Just an unassuming, you know, just dude. really big Ghostbusters fan. Yeah. yeah, unassuming guy wearing a proton pack. Yeah, when that's we... probably what he did. Is like, uh, I got an idea. He's in the meeting okay. wearing the proton pack. <laughs> He Picture just, this. Oh, what? <laughs> he sh- yeah, he shows up like posing. Like, uh, that guy. <laughs> when hey, we you. Did our episode, we mentioned that it kind of looks like all of the guys put together like, a <laughs> really? mesh of their face on top of each other. Yeah. That's that's amazing. They're just literally like, he's a blank canvas. <laughs> the face is whatever you want it to be. I like, that- I like your version where it's like, <laughs> they all had a child together. <laughs> this is they <laughs> Put all their sperm into a thing. Mixed cocktail. Oh my god. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? He just hands him his like business card. <laughs> How about me? This guy, average white guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, Melchior steps up his attempts to um, get Bill Murray. He sends Murray's uh, lawyer an offer, and he doesn't even hear back from that guy. <laughs> Um, probably because his lawyer probably his lawyer has to also call the one eight hundred number. That's the problem. Probably true. That is the problem. (laughs) Jesus Christ! All right, all right. We've already established the only person who has Bill Murray's personal like cell phone number is Wes Anderson. Even his kids have to call the one. No, his kids have to call the one eight hundred. His brother. They're like, hey, Brian Doyle Murray, can you call? He's like, you guys. I also only have the one eight hundred number. In his gravelly voice. Yeah, Yeah, it's like one of those kids' phones that only has like five numbers on it. And it pretty much says it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just Wes Anderson. It's like his facts. And um, so the lawyer was also like, "Sorry, dead end." Yeah. So they he calls the one eight hundred again, and this time he knows that Bill Murray loves golf. If you know anything about Bill Murray, he loves touring the the world, just going to different um, golf courses. Um, and so they offer to pay for Bill Murray to go to Hawaii to record. And then in between the sessions, they pay for rounds of golf. That's <laughs> and, not a bad deal. Yeah, wow. right. It's like if you like golf, I mean, that yeah. wouldn't that wouldn't yeah. sell for me. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, well, the Hawaii thing sounds fine, but the golfing is not necessary. <laughs> you have to play Thank golf. You. That's the only yeah. <laughs> You don't. You don't. You're not in the sand unless you're in a sand trap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all the while, Melchior is dealing with Vivendi executives. Um, so Vivendi owns uh, Sierra Entertainment, which is one of the oldest video game developers um, in the world. Um, they started, they did King's Quest, um, <gasps> and they used to own oh. Valve, um, which is now a enormous giant thing. Mm-hmm. And their bread and butter was Blizzard, Warcraft, Starcraft, and then World of Warcraft. So they were a big fucking company. These executives don't get the game, and they don't get the appeal of Ghostbusters. They've seen the movies, right? Apparently not. <laughs> they're <laughs> like, of... it's about what? Ghostbusters? That doesn't busting... sound like it's going to go too far. They're busting what now? <laughs> Ghosts? Mill Murray. <laughs> I would not is, call would, them. Is that the Star Wars guy from Saturday Night Live? <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember Grandma Fucker? How can we forget that guy? I feel like that was a deleted scene from Poltergeist. <laughs> It was. With all the dead bodies coming out of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> all 
All right. Multiple times, this guy tried to scrap <laughs> the game because he didn't understand it. And at one point, cut their budget by 60%. This is what Melchior is fighting. He's fighting this kind of crap. Jeez. On a weekly basis. As Jenny Ray, who uh, is the person here who makes video games, triggered. Yes. I mean, I'm always triggered by this podcast as a person who worked in film and now games. I'm just constantly like, you had how much time and how little money? What? I'm sorry. What now? So my whole life is I'm just triggered constantly. Yeah. All, all the while behind the scenes, another company in Slovenia is making the same game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to deal with that bullshit. Okay. <sighs> Can I just go to work for Obnoxious. them? <laughs> obnoxious executives that don't understand your vision <laughs> God. yeah no that's uh but so vivendi was the publisher yeah and how was and sony was just involved by licensing the rights yes exactly and so like that had so no they to, they, that had so, no clout to this guy he was like sony i don't care yeah pretty much so stupid. Um, he wanted to make it like this guy wanted to make it like a budget title like something that you would find in a checks bo- <laughs> cereal box uh, you're yeah. like <laughs> rummaging through the bin at yeah. the game store yeah for exactly like, like all those games titles. that featured spot from the seven up yeah exactly <laughs> all that garbage um so uh shovelware is it's called this guy is a bit of a grandma fucker it sounds like <laughs> Jeez. That's gonna be our new thing. Anytime we refer to somebody, just like a complete utter douchebag. Like, what a grandma! Grand grand <laughs> so um, the game is about to reach alpha. Now alpha is they have all the assets that they need to build everything. It's kind of like building a house. It's like it has all the walls. It's there. It's it the just bones needs, of the it's game. It's the bones. It just needs all the extra work to make it look pretty and work well. Uh, get rid of all the bugs and stuff like that. So they're about to go to uh, reach Alpha. Suddenly Melchior sees he has a voicemail. <gasps> it's Bill Murray. And he's like, I, sure, I, I'll, I'll do it. But he's in South Carolina and they have nice golf courses there too. <laughs> so so he's like, oh, I'll just do that. That's that's fine. You, I, I got like, I don't know why, because this game's been out for over a decade. But when you said <laughs> he has a voicemail from Bill Murray, like my heart was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they did it. I mean, obviously they did it. <laughs> Like, we all knew Bill Murray was going to call back at some yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, Lorenzo Music was already dead, so. I mean, maybe listeners didn't know. You don't know. That's true. Um, Melchior calls back, like, hell yes, like, agreeing. Like, whatever you want, we can pay for uh, South Carolina um, golf courses. He actively chose South Carolina over Hawaii. I don't understand. But um, I, then again, I'm not a golfer, so. Okay, <laughs> keep in mind, this was a voicemail from Bill Moore. Bill Murray. Oh, play, play, so play. he had to call the 1-800 number again oh to tell him yes. No reply. <laughs> so as the game keeps going, Melchior then calls Joel Murray. This is Bill's younger brother. He's a big voice actor. Mm-hmm. And what I remember him most from it, uh, is One Crazy Summer with uh, John Cusack. Uh, you might recognize him, but he is a big voice actor um, to see if he could be like a sound alike. So he calls him, gets that contact like started, um, but he hadn't, hadn't heard back from Joel. Maybe he has a 1 800 too. Um, <laughs> God, those so, Murrays are really hard to no, get a hold of. I feel like Joel Murray's probably like the brother where Bill's like, I have another brother? <laughs> <laughs> Joel? I know okay. Brian. No, I, Brian's got two names. My brother Brian Doyle. Brian and um, that other one. Well, yeah, he, yeah. he thought Joel was Doyle. He's like, I've got Brian and I've got Doyle. Doyle. <laughs> no, that's one brother. <laughs> oh. What? Um, I'm sure I'm sure he's just like I'm sure all the Murray brothers are just like stop calling me trying to get in contact with Bill I don't, I don't have his phone number exactly. 
I don't know where he is. I have I to don't reach sound. him the same way you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Melchior then meets with Sony, who tells them, much like the Ghostbusters 3 movie, no Murray, no go. Like, they Damn. can't make the rest of this game if he can't get Mel- can't get Bill Murray. Now, Bill had had his falling out with the rest of them at this point, obviously. Yes. Because it was... The, uh, the falling out was in 93. Okay. This is 2006, 2007 or something like that. Gotcha. Um, they wouldn't even accept a lesser Murray, a Joel? <laughs> yeah, apparently, no. Oh, shit. They're like, Bill, um, or, Bill or bust. Let's try Andy. Yeah. Andy yeah. In here. <laughs> He's like, I'm Well, you can take a sister at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the sisters all sound like a little bit like Bill Murray. Yeah, we Petra could be Venkman. <laughs> there is one sister who's got a real gravelly voice. <laughs> okay. Melchior gets out of this meeting, walks into his office. Bill Murray calls. <laughs> yes! Yes! And, and says he'll record in New York. <laughs> That's amazing. Where he generally is. He finally got Bill Murray. Um, he goes to New York, starts recording with Bill Murray. He's there. He exists. He did it. <laughs> that, that guy's got to go fuck his grandma now. He's got to <laughs> dig her up first. Yeah. <laughs> he just has her. He just has him a shovel. Here you go. <laughs> that, would, that I would. If I worked there, that would exactly what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> this is a giant fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And like and then coordinates to his grandma's grave. <laughs> okay. So. He says uh, Murray, uh, Melchior says that Murray uh, seemed like he was enjoying it, says he could tell they were like when he was re- going through the screen, the, the lines, he was like, he could tell who um, what was written by Aykroyd or Ramus and whether or not it was actually the game's writers. Mm. Um, That's cool. So Murray records by himself. So he's not with Aykroyd Houston or especially Ramus. Um, so that allowed him, like, I think that made it easier for him to get into it. He's never done a video game before. So it's mm. probably like, oh, yeah, this is kind of interesting. Um, uh, only a couple of days of work, a bag of money, <laughs> <laughs> golfing. Yeah. Um, as the day goes on, Melchior realizes, quickly realizes that Murray isn't going to stay around for the full script. And oh, they have to get what they need from him before he disappears, mm-hmm. right? So he's like, uh, Murray is, as he's recording, Melchior and the writers are simultaneously going over the script, prioritizing all the must-haves. They're sitting there going, okay, we need these story beats and uh, and get as much as, they call it battle chatter. It's like, over there, help me, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, just mm-hmm. random junk um and that's why in the if you remember <laughs> he just disappears for long portions he's they're like we're gonna go here and he's like i'm not going <laughs> like, yeah. i'll just i'll go somewhere else yeah. like i'm gonna be in the museum part yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> melchior said he had no gauge if murray enjoyed doing this until he saw him on david letterman saying it was fun um where murray says that it only took him a couple of days so maybe like three days um he tells a story about he was enjoying being peter vankman again so much he was walking around new york singing the theme song to ghostbusters oh my and, gosh and can you pe- imagine seeing that yeah. that would be so amazing <laughs> well and people were like kind of looking at him like living in the past buddy like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> crazy <laughs> Um, and then so the writers have to figure out how to patch all the holes that Murray had left. And sure. Melchior calls up Ramus and Aykroyd and says, hey, can you guys come back and help fill in the gaps? And they're like, clearly you got murried. <laughs> and so, yes, they came back. <laughs> you got and then, murried. <laughs> and, uh, 
helped fill in all that stuff. I love that his approach isn't like, oh, it's going to take a week to record these lines and I need to be uh, available for the full week. He just goes, I feel like doing this for two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all you have. Yeah. <laughs> just his arms like, in the air ah, like that, I just yeah. want to I want to get to that point in my life where I can do shit like that and get away with right? it. And people still really want to work with you. Yeah, yeah right? Yes. Because you're crazy. just so mythical almost. Right. In December of 2007, Ghostbusters the video game reveals itself on the cover of Game Informer, showing off concept art, screenshots, and the cast of Ghostbusters all back together for the first time since 89. Oh my God. Um, people are a little confused. They're like, is this that Zoot Fly game? <laughs> no way, really? Well, yeah, because those, all those videos p- cropped up. Yeah. They disappeared. And then suddenly a couple months later, this this magazine cr- crops up and they're like, wait a minute, is that the same thing? Or those just went up? Um, I mean, it would make sense, right? Where you're just like, yeah. oh, I saw some leaked footage of that yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you would think. Completely unrelated. Right. <laughs> Um, that same month, just as they start making a marketing push, Vivendi Games announces they are merging with Activision. Activision, who does Call of Duty, Quake, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk, Spyro, that big Activision, and they become Activision Blizzard. And Ghostbusters, the video game, now has an uncertain future. The merger happens in July of 2008, and the head of Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kotick, who... Is a terrible, awful, junk human, uh, decides only a handful of properties will come under their banner because as they're like merging, they have to be like for every property that they bring over, they have to pay for blank amount, right? They can't bring in like the 75th World of Warcraft. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's so many versions of World of Warcraft. (laughs) Uh, And Ghostbusters is not going to be one of them. The game immediately falls into limbo, much to the surprise of Terminal Reality. This is also the case for Double Fine's Brutal Legend. They were also not picked up during the merger. Mm. Uh, the Ghostbusters game is about 75% done. And Kotick didn't, uh, this is what he said, the game didn't have the potential to be exploited every year on every platform with clear sequel potential and have the potential to become $100 million, uh, million dollar franchises. Other than the fact that he says potential three times in one sentence, um, he's a bastard, man, because <laughs> he wanted Call of Duty comes out every year. They did that for Guitar Hero every yeah. year. Totally. Killed Guitar Hero. Yeah. So many World of Warcraft expansions. Like, they just, like, he runs that shit into the ground because they're supposed to make a bunch of money. Yeah. They want your money every single year, like clockwork, or it's not worth them yeah. making it. That's why it's taken so long to make o- Overwatch 2 because it's a story version instead of just online player b- playable version. Mm. Yeah, and I mean Blizzard's it's... going through it right now. <laughs> well, yeah, they suck balls. <laughs> um, <laughs> men. God, I had a thing about... Goddamn patriarchy. <laughs> Bobby Kotick is basically the Rupert Murdoch of video games. Um, <laughs> he's a terrible person. Anyway, uh, John Melchior is laid off. Oh, no. Oh, no. Melky. <laughs> Melky. Sorry, Steph. Damn uh, it. He's just going to find his vengeance and actually become that Gozerian god. Yeah. I am Melchior. I am, I am Zootfly now. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to go work with Zootfly, oh motherfuckers. God. That would be such a good end to the story. <laughs> um, I just hope Zootfly's doing well. <laughs> As rumors of it being canceled, Sony announces that the, it's just delayed. 
even with this news, Terminal Reality is unsure about how it's how that's going to happen. They don't have a way of getting this game out there. Now, as the video game person here, what's weird about this? What video game company could save Terminal Reality's Ghostbusters video game? I feel like I'm on the spot. I mean, like, <laughs> couldn't Blizzard? I mean, Sony. Sony! Sony! So there you go. You're the video game person, Ray. They did the same like, thing to me last time own... with the Godzilla <laughs> reference. And I was like, oh. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we like to put people on the spot here. But, like, yeah, because they, they have their Sony own fucking owns, so much money. They, like, they have their own arm. PlayStation. <laughs> yes. Hello. Come together, you yeah. guys. Um, it's weird. So they're sitting there going, what the fuck? Like, just just, just pick it. us up. Just pick us up. And this could be because they were also like, they already sunk costs into, like, it was going to PS3, but also um, Xbox 360, PC. And there is, they made, they were making an alternate version of it um, for Wii, uh, PSP, and PlayStation 2. Um, this is, it's just, it's the exact same game, but it's reskinned to be like cartoony kind of mm. looks more like the the cartoon actually oh gotcha mm. um, but it's the exact same like it's all the voice and it's the exact same thing it just looks it looks like a cartoon it's like Egon is blonde instead <laughs> he's not but he does actually kind of have that, that long and face and everything yeah um, so so that may be the reason why uh, three months go by with very little work being done and um, then all of the companies <laughs> to save them was Atari. Wow. Oh, hell yeah, wow. Atari. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know they're just like, hey, hey, remember us? We also <laughs> used to make games. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be so frustrating for everyone at that. What's the game company? Again? Terminal Rail. Yeah, they're probably like, do you know how hard it was for us to fucking get Bill Murray? <laughs> yeah. You're dropping us? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd be so pissed. The number of voicemails that were left. <laughs> yeah. After we beat out Zootfly and everything. Yeah. Yeah. After we crushed Shit. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Atari. Oh, so they decide. They they rise from the, the ashes and yes, decide to exactly. do exactly. So they're now run by former Sony Computer Entertainment executive Phil Harrison. And Harrison was hired to revive the brand of Atari. Um, so, okay. Jenny Ray, our video game person, will oh. you be our Phil Harrison? What Bobby perhaps unhelpfully said was that those games were franchises which wouldn't make $100 million of revenue and generate sequels. If that's his benchmark, then fine. And we'd love to aspire to that same benchmark. But you know what? I would love to turn Ghostbusters into a $100 million franchise just to prove him wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, Mike, Harrison. Mike, drop. Your guy can go just fuck his grandma. <laughs> yeah. uh, Atari announces that Ghostbusters the video game will release June of 2009, which coincidentally happens to be the 25th anniversary of the original film's 1984 release. Oh. Kiss it. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but Atari talks to Harold Ramis, who says, if you want this game done and done right, you need John Melchior. Yes. Ah, <laughs> Just like yes. Atari rising from, from the ashes. The ashes. <laughs> Melchior. <laughs> That's what he did when he cut back into the office. <laughs> He just kicks the door down. <laughs> just triumphant slow motion. Like the elevator doors open and just like smoke comes out from the You get that song him. from the end, the end of the Matrix. The She's holding two heads and they have the logo of one of them's Bobby Kotick and the other one's the logo of Zoot Fly. <laughs> he kicks open the doors. Melchior's back, bitches. Bitches. <laughs> 
Um, so Melchior is rehired to see the game to the finish line. That's cool. Um, the extra time allowed Terminator Reality to polish the scary moments and the funny ones to bring the most authentic Ghostbusters experience. So uh, one of the reasons I don't, I haven't really like, put a lot of video games on my list for this is because it's kind of weird to kind of talk about some games that have been having a lot of trouble that aren't well documented because video games are very secretive and a lot of the times it's like oh man we really couldn't get that the physics on it were just not going through the wall correctly whatever and like that's not interesting that's what i told told him when he's like we're gonna we gotta talk about ghostbusters the game i was like is that the podcast worthy? that's our memory leaks i know i was like that seems so boring like video games is like basically like a bunch of nerds in a room like yeah it's it's usually programming issues yeah (laughs) it's not that interesting (laughs) But he was like, I promise this is The slime isn't flowing like slime shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the physics on this slime, the, the viscosity is all wrong. <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't make for a very interesting podcast for, unless you're, uh, like, if this was also, directly that's my, meant for. That's my job. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that they had to cut was a Thanksgiving Day parade level, um, which was kind of interesting. But then I was like, that same thing happens in uh, the Ghostbusters reboot. Um, there's all the balloons that come oh, attacking yeah. them. I don't know if that was just pure coincidence. Oh, in uh, in answer to the call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So the uh, the state puff, state puff marshmallow night was a balloon. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. Okay. The game releases on June sixteenth, two thousand nine, on all those systems I mentioned, and there was also a DS version as well. So they put it on everything to get maximum money. <laughs> yes, um, all the money. Released the same day as the Blu-ray editions of the two movies. Um, remastered version came out October of 2019 on Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Um, as of today, via VG Charts, which is kind of... Video game sales are kind of weird. Um, the companies have to tell you how much they made. It's kind of like Netflix. They don't really... Mm. They just put it out there if they want to. Um, and via that, I went through all those editions and came to about 3.5 million copies, which is actually really good. So the budget is about... The budget of the game, they said, is about 15 to $20 million. Um, so if the game's $60... $60 for three and a half million, that's two hundred million. Oh, so like it made a significant um, like profit. Profit sounds and like. it did. They turned it into a hundred million dollar franchise. Now, if you oh, if you factor, yeah, and if you factor in if like I bought it like probably at thirty dollars. If you do that, that is a half of that. That's hundred million. Yeah, but it still made money. Right. So, uh, Ackroyd, this is what he said about the final game. Now that I've seen the video game and watched it progress. My rap now to people is, this is essentially the third movie, and it's better than the third movie because it lasts longer and there's more development of the characters. The guys have done a great job putting story layers in there that I can begin to embellish and and work with. And I I tell people this. If you have an appetite for the third movie, then the video game is it. So, I mean, of all people you want to get a glowing review from, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and and they they put in story elements from stuff that... Ackroyd wanted to do in film that he wasn't able to do. Like they go to the ghost world and yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, interesting. So, uh, Ackroyd also stated in an interview that he wanted Alyssa Milano who plays, um, the, one of the, the female character, Elsa Silwin. Uh, she, she voices 
that character in the game and he was like i want her to be in ghostbusters 3 which is funny because she's fucking terrible <laughs> in the, in the game uh-huh. her she was really bad yeah. she's not a voice actress <laughs> um and this is finally what melchior said about finishing the game it was a great feeling and we felt that it was the unofficial sequel Dan said as much in several interviews. We set out to create a game that felt like the movie and it fit in the canon. Did we hit it 100%? Of course not. But we sure as hell tried harder on that game than any other game I produced. We wanted to make Mark Kaplan proud and we wanted to make the cast proud. We wanted the fans to be proud. Harold thanked us for keeping the franchise alive. And Dan told us that Mark Kaplan and we did more for the license coming back than anything else over the last couple of decades. That's pretty nice. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This would be Harold Ramis's last performance uh, until a week later, uh, his movie Year One came out. um, And that was his last two things he ever did. Uh, I'd cover that in the video as well. That garbage. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like maybe he wants to be known as Ghostbusters. The last last thing he did was Ghostbusters the game. That's that's our story. We're sticking to it. This was the last Uh, thing he did. uh, He died in February of 2014. Atari went bankrupt in January of 2013 and a sequel to Ghostbusters drowned with it. Later that year, after the failure of Walking The Walking Dead Survival Instinct, which is uh, a game they made with, like, it's, so it's about Daryl and Merle? Merle. Merle. Yeah, his Before brother. they join up with the, in, in the show. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. like, before that, and it follows them, and they have um, the, the actors, Norman Reedus and Michael Rooker, actually voice their characters in it, um, but it was, like, a rushed title so they could get it out faster, so mm-hmm. it is terrible and after that terminal reality closed their doors in december and john melchior is now just working on call of duties <laughs> just all the call of duties oh, he's, probably, he's, he's like just don't make me call murray again please, <laughs> please. he's gonna I make a game that. called call of murray yeah. <laughs> it's just it's you just go into a room and there's just a phone and you just have to call 1-800-BILL-MURR over and over again. <laughs> and you have to try different tacks what to is like madness? see what will make him call you back. I think, There's just yeah. a profile of Bill Murray. You're like, yeah. mm, here's his history. Knowing he loves what golf. you know about Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. What would make him Hi, this is call? Wes Anderson. Um, <laughs> that, would be a, no, that would be an amazing like iOS game. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you you could get Bill Murray to do that. Hi, you've reached Bill Murray's answering machine. Please be interesting. <laughs> good, yeah. good luck. Yeah, that's all it says. Good luck. He totally would because he's just weird enough to do some yeah. shit like that. Okay, was Ghostbusters the video game worth it? I guess as the only person here who's actually played it, other person other than Ian, Steph, what do you think? I think it was really enjoyable. Okay. It like brings the nostalgia back from the games or from the movies. And like I said, it's what you expect out of a Ghostbusters game. Yeah, it has the elements that you want. So yes. <laughs> what was your What was your favorite part of it? Um, they actually made. Actually, this was funny. At the end, like the whole time, you're like, I want to drive the fucking Ecto. When can I drive the Ecto? And they do this real fun teaser at the end where they're like, Should we let the rookie drive Ecto? And you're like, Yes, yes, you should. And they're all like, Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a, you motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They just, they troll you the whole game. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 
My my oh, brother's man. a big gamer, and he really liked it. And if you know my brother, you'll know that he likes very little. <laughs> but no, he really enjoyed it. Um, and I, everyone gives Ghostbusters 2 a hard time. Like, I loved Ghostbusters 2. I, I mean, of course, Ghostbusters, the original, like, I'm wearing the shirt. I got the Proton Pack. Like, it's obviously <laughs> one of my favorite movies, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing I really liked about the game is that they they added to those. Like, this, like the whole stuff about the slime. I was yeah. like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's, where did that come from? Yeah, it came from the escape room Shandor, just Shandor fucking, was, sh- you know, yeah. just fucking it up. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. So I, I, I like that the whole idea is like the real bad guy over the course of everything is Shandor. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's not Gozer. It's yeah. not uh, Vigo. It's it's yeah. Shandor, and I like because he's human. Right, he's know. pulling the strings. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. I, I thought that was really cool. That I never played the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I mean, I'm going to, I haven't played the game either, but I guess I'll come at it from the perspective of um, what they said Ackroyd said, which is where they kept the spirit of the franchise alive long enough to, you know, get some other things made. And obviously, like, it's debatable whether Answer the Call was successful, you know, mm-hmm. and I know your video goes into that. But, like, if, the, if it kept the interest alive long enough for us to get Afterlife... I'm good with that, you know, and it's and it is like a beloved franchise that everybody seems to like. And it sounds like the game was like pretty fun and well made. So, yeah, I mean, that's like I'm not going to complain about more good video games, in the world, (laughs) especially if they're not, you know, like the 19th Call of Duty or World of Warcraft or whatever (laughs) the hell like sequel they release every single year. Uh, I think it's it's. It's an it's an okay game. Like it, it's it's fine. It's it needed some more time, maybe a little bit more polish. Uh, it's essentially a fishing game. <laughs> like, oh, you're just like catching that's, that's catching yeah, because, yeah, because it's just literally you hook something and then you're pulling uh, the opposite direction that they're pulling. <laughs> and oh, interesting. Okay, so then you fishing to, mechanics. Yeah, I see. Um, I did like they like. Well, theirs. kudos to them for making a fishing game like interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it's still you're busting ghosts like hell yeah right yeah um i did like the, how like there's there's not much of a hud in the game a heads-up display like everything is on your proton pack um to know where if things are going to overheat and stuff like that i think that's kind of cool um there were some interesting notes i put on here it was like i like that there's a couple moments where n- regular new yorkers are reacting to the chaos um which is a very key thing about the first Ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. like when they're in the they're in the elevator and there's guys like I told you we should have gone out for sandwiches or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and uh, you know New Yorkers yeah and then there's <laughs> this other guy like there was a line about Winston fi- finishing his doctorate I thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. so w- Winston of the podcast as the Winston of this podcast <laughs> can attest yeah. I don't have a doctorate but you know yeah so he's he's one of them now um, I thought it was weird that they called Gozer a he in it, yeah, which was kind of weird. Because even in the movie, in the game, like, Gozer's a girl, like, Gozer, whatever it wants to be. Like, yeah, that's from the first movie. I thought that was so strange, and that that line just went. It was like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I thought that was the whole point of Gozer is that they were neither gender. Yeah, they whatever they wanted, right? Yeah, it was, it was Gozer they, was a man. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, it's whatever it wants to be. Yeah, yes, maybe queen. that's why the trolls hate it because Gozer was a man. Yeah, we tried to change it. <laughs> Gozer um, has to have a penis. <laughs> yeah, or he's not threatening. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, so one of the things that actually, uh, Clint, that you like, you, you could have played it, like you would have discovered this, one of the really fun things about it is their their particle system, their physics engine. They were really like touting like how much crap you can blow up with your proton pack in it. Mm-hmm. And there are 
there are achievements in the game based off of the amount of destruction you're doing. Oh, and so like if you can, if, <laughs> and it, it's this constant thing of like, you're, you're catching ghosts and it gives you money to do upgrades. But if you, break shit <laughs> like it goes against it it comes out of your pocket yeah, yeah. exactly you're constantly getting bills for how yeah, yeah. and so and That's there's awesome. like an achievement for like finishing the game with like a uh, property destruction under like thirty five thousand dollars or something awesome. like that so it's just kind of really like which is really funny because that's such a Ghostbusters thing. That's okay. I'll pay for that. Like how they're just destroying the yeah. ballroom. Oh, like yeah. my fault. I, my fault. I'll pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just a really fun mechanic that they threw in there that didn't really doesn't really affect it that much, but it's just really funny. That's really yeah. That, that is, is good. pretty good. Um, before we go, um, I just wanted to give a special shout out. I'm sorry, Steph, you're here. Um, so you're just gonna have to put up with our fan mail here. Um, but a <laughs> we're shout just out. trying to just brag about the three fans we have. <laughs> yeah. I think you should. <laughs> okay. Uh, two very lovely people sent us, um, some awesome emails. Neil from the UK, Woo-woo. who discovered us all the way back on episode four, Actor Feuds, which was oh, really yeah. early on. Uh, he found us on YouTube and has episode. listened to every episode twice uh said he what (laughs) (laughs) clint didn't know he just blew clint's mind what the fuck i haven't even listened to every episode once (laughs) i i mean i do listen to every episode after they're released that's just because i'm uh, i'm horribly uh narcissistic uh, yeah exactly you just skip you're like am i can i hear me and then you skip am i talking am i talking when i make that funny joke (laughs) that's that's closer to the truth than anything else like I'll, I'll find those funny things that I say. Uh, I'm fucking funny. Alone <laughs> in his car. Um, <laughs> so true, though. Calling him out. I'll just be driving. I'm like, that was really funny. And then I'll just start laughing at it. You pull over and like give yourself a slow clap. <laughs> yeah, man. Well done. Yeah. No, I'm laughing at all of us. Come on. You're all funny. Um... Neil said that he goes on YouTube and smashes that like button like a bitch. Yes. Uh, Be is, more like Neil, everybody. He is not offended by our attempts at British accents. Ooh, that's good because, Clint, I My, ha- yeah. that was rough last time. Are you, yeah, are you Bond. kidding me? I, so I don't know what happened. In high school, I could pull off a reasonably uh, passable British accent. But over the years, I think it happened after I started watching Flight of the Concords. Anytime I try to do a British accent, it always inevitably goes into like Kiwi Kiwi, or or Australian. Australian. Yeah. 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 Your last one was very much more Australian. I thought you were going to say the ravages of age. (laughs) Yeah, that is also also true. Have you seen my hairline? Yeah. That's why I wear a hat. Also, Vicky from Canada found us on Spotify, her number four podcast of the year. Ooh, on the wrapped thing, huh? Wow. Yeah. You guys, um, that's a huge honor. She found uh, she found us on the Emperor's New Groove episode, which, Vicky, I'm talking to you directly right now, you need to watch the YouTube version of that because it's <laughs> full of visual gags. You'll love it. Um, she says she laughs, she learns, then repeats our tidbits to her family and friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. She misses us when we aren't doing new episodes, but she is an entitled fan like certain DC folk. It's goddamn DC fans. <laughs> Our fans are way better than DC fans. And, uh, and I said, apologize if we make too many Canadian jokes. <laughs> and she says, Canadians are like losing Oscar nominees. You can make fun of us, and we still just feel honored to be nominated. <laughs> Aww, we... 
God damn it, Canada's the best. Right? <laughs> Vicky's tender. I like her. January read that email. She's like, Vicky is delightful. Uh, Vicky is a delightful human. I'm so happy with that. I like she's that a fan. she. Uh, I like that she said she brings her tidbits back to her family. I can just only imagine after this episode, she's gonna be like, "Do you know that Melkor became a god?" <laughs> Truth. Let me tell 100% you about grandma facts. fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that guy's name. He's Grandma Fucker Forever. Oh, man. Dead Grandma. Grandma um, Fucker Forever would be like a great like band name. Like a, like a heavy metal yeah, band so name. Exactly. Yeah, heavy metal band name. TGF. TGF. <laughs> um, and lastly, also thanks to Phil on TikTok for the shout out. And Abby on Instagram. I discovered your message like an hour ago. Um, We're not great at Instagram messages. So apologies yeah, if yeah. you've ever tried to message adjusting it never got through uh she's also from the uk uk and says our english accents could use some fine tuning (laughs) yeah fact we will take we will take dialect coaching lessons i promise oh there's nothing wrong with this (laughs) just the everybody to us are cartoons just the worst british accents oh man as the the boring midwest looking motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) the generic people at this table yeah we'll fit in as a faceless ghostbuster but there's no way we could like ever be Brits. Uh, thank you all. And Steph, uh, where can people find you? You can find us. We're going to start our new season in the beginning of January. We are on Instagram on Cutscenes and Cupcakes, Facebook on Cutscenes and Cupcakes. We um, occasionally twit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the tweeters? On the tweeter sphere. Um, but we're That's also. That's a very Canadian thing to do. <laughs> we tweet. also are twitching um, weekly, so you can watch us play games and. Um, Mostly poorly, especially on my part. But <laughs> Twitch is a lot of fun, so come check us out. Uh, thanks for coming. This Thank was a lot you of fun. for having me. Mm-hmm. For sure. And thanks for inviting us to Remote Cons. <laughs> yes, yes I love fun. you guys at Remote Cons. <laughs> thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about this episode, you can view my sources and citations in the show notes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, all at It Was a Shit Show. But shit without the eye. Because, you know, this is a family show, obviously. Thanks to my co-host, Rain Clint, and to Ryan Hudson from Channel 8 for our amazing theme music. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also find all these episodes on our YouTube channel. 